Hey there, I'm Dana, a registered dietitian and registered dietitian exam tutor. And this is my podcast where we go over all of the questions that have been posted to my Facebook page, Registered Dietitian Exam Study Group with Dana over the past week. And we not only chat about the answers, but why are they the answers as well as answer any questions that students have posted on the page throughout the week. This is a weekly podcast, so be sure to tune in each week for new questions. And of course, I would love to see any of you guys at the live version of this on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So when we're thinking about prothrombin time, what we want to be thinking is that time to clot. So a blood thinner like warfarin is going to be increasing prothrombin time, right? Because it, the prothrombin time is how long it takes to clot. So if I'm thinning the blood, it's going to take longer. Versus when I am eating a lot of vitamin K, it's going to be more like, you know, more keen to clot. So you want to have a consistent amount, right? And most people, right, they get so weird. They're like, I can't have any vegetables. Well, you know, if you're, you know, just had a heart attack from a blood clot and you're all of a sudden now going to change your life and eat kale every day, perfect. That's great for you. But you need to keep it consistent. I can't do 10 kale Caesar salads one day and then none the next day too. So really great question there. And again, a great topic to ask about too. Okay, so next up, I had one where I said, write a PS statement. And PS is something that, you know, we all feel like we have a hold on, right? This is domain two, a dime, nutrition care process, but it can be really difficult, right, to make sure we're kind of lining everything up. So here is the example, and I want you guys, you know, to kind of, if you didn't answer this one, to kind of think of what you would do you know, as I read this. So he said, the patient is admitted to the floor um, for a workup for possible DKA, right? Diabetic ketoacidosis. Patient has a fasting, a finger stick blood glucose, right? So that's kind of like the regular thing there of 460, right? So not, that's not ideal, right? Um, so the patient diet recall is ham and cheese croissant, one large coffee with cream and sugar times four. Sounds like he's at Dunks. Um, and a, peach, a protein smoothie for lunch, four slices of pizza for dinner. They also have a stage three diabetic foot ulcer on the left heel. Right. So this one, there's a lot of different things that we can kind of be looking at here. And, you know, one of the most common ones I get that's wrong is when they're putting you know, excessive carbohydrate intake as our problem, which is a good problem. We can keep that. But a lot of people will put that etiology as diabetes. So how I like to explain how we want to structure the PS statement is your P should be your problem, right? This is why you called me. So it needs to be something that I can fix, right? So it can't be diabetes. It can't be cancer, right? I can't, you know, as hard as I try, I can't solve those. You know, so it has to be something, you know, I can help you as a dietitian on. And then our etiology is what is causing the pee. So great thing to kind of be putting, you know, is to kind of reverse them and say, does this E cause the pee, right? So if I was doing it wrong and I said, you know, excessive carbohydrate intake related to diabetes, I, I could flip it and say, does diabetes cause 
excessive carbohydrate intake, right? Just because I have diabetes doesn't mean I'm like, oh, I have diabetes. I need four slices of pizza, right? So a better one to put would be saying, you know, excessive carbohydrate intake related to, right, limited nutrition knowledge. And then we could do our as evidence by, remember, as evidence by, these are your receipts. These are your facts, right? These are your numbers, right? As evidence by, blood sugar of 460, right? As evidence by, diet recall. All of those things, right, would be a really great one to do. Now, that's definitely not the only one we could do. So we had a few people do other ones, which is great. Because again, you know, if you're getting this question on the exam, you want to be able to recognize what if they don't have a carb one? What other one could I do? So we have another great one of in the comments, increased nutrient needs, right, of protein related to, right, stage three diabetic foot ulcer as evidenced by, right, elevated protein needs to promote wound healing. Exactly. So that's a really great one um, too. So again, remember, we want to be thinking about my problem is my etiology. Sorry, my problem is, right, why I'm calling the dietitian, right? So, like, in this case, right, it could be increased needs. It could also be excessive carbohydrate intake. My etiology is what is causing this problem, right? So, the excessive carbohydrate intake, what's causing that, right? Maybe that they have a nutrition knowledge deficit, right? So, that would be an example of the etiology. Or for the protein one, right, we said the etiology of the increased protein needs was that diabetic foot ulcer, Right, and then my signs and symptoms, these are my facts, right? This is my blood sugar, this is, my, you know, this is that I know they have increased needs, you know, this is my diet recall too. It's a really great one and we had some great engagement, um, great engagement in the comments too. Okay, so next up we have this question which I feel like is a crowd favorite lately. Um, so the question is, a client is trying to restrict fat intake to less than 30% of total calories at, at each meal and snack. Which of the following would meet the requirement? Too? So definitely grab your pen and paper. This is a math one to write down. So option A is, you know, 80 calories, 3 grams of fat. Option B is going to be 110 calories, 4 grams of fat. Option C is going to be 120 calories, 5 grams of fat. Option D is going to be 130 calories, four grams of fat. And so the first pass on this, you know, when I go over this with students is they're usually like, what? Like, I'm not sure where to go. So the things I would highlight out of this question of the keywords, right, is I'm looking for the option, right, that has calories from fat being less than 30%. And they're giving me here kind of like different options for kind of like snacks or meals. I would assume snacks because who's having a meal for 130 calories? And they're giving me total calories, right? Which would be my denominator if I'm looking at fat calories over total calories. But then my fat is in grams, right? So I would have to say, okay, the first one, right, is 80 calories, three grams of fat. So three times nine, right? Because it's nine grams of fat. I'm mean, sorry. Nine calories per gram of fat would be 27 calories from fat over 80. That's 33%. Nope, I'm looking for less than 30. Okay, what about my four grams of fat times nine? 36 calories divided by 110 for option B. Mm -mm, 33 again. Cross that out. Okay, now I have five grams of fat times nine. 
45 grams, I'm sorry, 45 calories over 120 calories, uh-uh, 37.5. Okay, well, it better be D, four grams of fat times nine, 36 calories divided by 130. So that one's 28% of the calories coming from fat. So this one, you wanna go line by line, and this is one you wanna keep in mind. I love to say this, if you've taken any of my classes, keep your units tight and get it right, right? Because if you're looking at this and you're just like, okay, three divided by 80, you know, 3%, you know, all of these are gonna be under 30%. So you need to recognize, oh, it's saying calories, right? Total fat calories over total calories too. So that one's a great example and definitely really helpful. Okay, now we got another math question from Leah. So she's saying, can someone please help me with this question? Of course. So a parental solution has a non-protein calorie to nitrogen ratio of 125 to one gram. And this question is really important to kind of watch the wording because sometimes they can say calorie to nitrogen. Sometimes they're saying non-protein calorie. So what this is telling me, if I have my non-protein calories to nitrogen ratio of one, is this is telling me that for every 125 calories that I'm going to be given one gram of nitrogen, okay? So it's telling me this solution contains 18 grams, 18 grams of nitrogen, right? So what we're saying here right, is if I'm containing 18 grams, oops, if I'm containing 18 grams of nitrogen and I'm providing 125 calories per gram of nitrogen, all I need to do here is do 125 times 18, and I'm going to get 2,250. So this one, what where it really is kind of difficult is remembering, okay, well, if they're giving me this ratio, what does that mean? So that means I'm providing 125 for each gram of nitrogen, right? So this is going to be, you know, 125 times 18 here to get our answer. Really great, really great question. Really great question there. Um, two. Okay. So next up, we have a question from me. And so I always like when I get to answer, ask a question because you guys always ask so many. Uh, so this one says, a small food company wants to minimize their time when ordering and get volume discounts. What type of ordering would this be? And so what we want to be thinking about here, right, is right away, you know, maybe, you know, nothing is really kind of coming, um, coming to mind, right? And so what we want to be thinking here is, okay, you know, well, let me kind of define what the option, what the options are, right? So group ordering, right? So group ordering is when I'm kind of pairing up with, you know, another company, right? So like if I'm a small food company, right? Maybe I pair with, let's say I'm a coffee shop, but maybe there's a deli next door, right? So if the deli and I kind of both combine forces and are like, okay, when you put in an order for napkins, also order me some so we can get that volume discount, but save money, 
right? That would be that would be group ordering. So that definitely is going to help you get discounts for volume, you know, but I would need to pair up with someone else. You know, and then our, you know, formal and informal bids, those aren't necessarily going to help with our volume discounts because what those are saying is, you know, you're kind of getting, you know, the best offer from different companies. So that's not necessarily going to help you there. Um, and then prime vending. So what prime vending is, and I always like to kind of think like Amazon prime, prime vending is when I'm saving money because I'm ordering from one place, right? So like a big one where you might do this is like, you'll see the Cisco trucks with a food service. I think those are around the country. If not, you guys let me know. Um, but like Cisco, I can order paper, right? I can order me, I can order cans, right? So what I'm doing is I'm going to just one th place, right? Think prime, right? One place I can buy everything on my Amazon. So I, as my individual little coffee shop, if I'm ordering everything from one, from one vendor, right? I'm going to still get that volume discount because I'm buying a ton of stuff, but they just need to bring one truck. So it can be cheaper too. So this one, right, we would be saying, you know, kind of that prime vending because the volume isn't that I'm buying so much of the product, it's that I'm buying a lot of products from the same place. Now, if this said I was kind of joining up with another, with another company, then it could definitely be group because we're kind of like all going together. So that one definitely kind of come, um, comes down to the vocab on it. Again, if I was doing it with another, um, with another company, what we would be saying is, you know, that, that would be our group too. Okay. Next up, we got a standard deviation question. This has been a hot topic, um, in my one-on-one -on -one sessions this week. So I was like, I've got to bring it up. So this one's saying the mean chef salary is a hundred thousand dollars. The SD is 15 K. What percent of chefs are going to make more than $130,000? And so this one, I specifically didn't put answer options because my students all know I love an open-ended question to help you learn. So what I want to be thinking about here is what is standard deviation, right? So if I'm getting a standard deviation question, the first thing I'm doing is I'm drawing out that curve, right? I wish I had like a little Disney wand and could be like, right? So it's that bell-shaped curve. Um, so I'm drawing that out, right? And then it's telling me the mean salary is 100K. So I would put a line right down the middle of that bell curve. And if you're listening on the podcast, draw this out or everyone draw this out, right? So I have my little, you know, bell curve. Then in the middle, I want to put my mean, $100,000. And then what it's telling me is my SD is 15,000. So, right, if I draw right, my additional lines on it, that means the space between, right, SD of zero, that 100,000, and then SD plus one would be $15,000, right? And so that would make SD plus one, right, 115,000. And then that would mean SD minus one, right, which is one to the, the left, yeah, the left, um, that would be $85,000, right? Because it's minus 15 if you go to the left, plus 15 if you go to the right. Okay. So this one's asking me for 130, 
right? So that would be another plus 15. So now I'm at my two lines to the right, and that's going to be my SD, um, my SD of plus two, right? So I'm looking for what percent of chefs make more than 130,000. So I want to kind of see how much is to the right. Now you might be thinking like, well, how am I supposed to know how much is to the right? And what you want to be thinking is you do need to know, right, the different areas under the curve, especially knowing that, right, the area under the curve between standard deviation to plus one is 34, right? And then standard deviation to minus one is 34%, right? Then from SD, um, SD one to SD plus two, and the same on the other side too, it's 13.6%. So what we're thinking is how much room is left over to the right of my SD plus two, and that's just about 3%, right? We also know this, right, because our RDA is going to be plus two standard deviations. So what's to the right is going to be 3%, right? Because if I added up all the percentages to the left of that, that would be my 97.5, right, which is my RDA, and to the right is 3%. So standard deviation can definitely be tricky, and you do want to make sure that you're understanding, um, you're understanding how to solve for that too. Um, now, the another question we got on here was any good, you know, kind of lectures to go over insulin. So definitely, you know, if you haven't already, check out my recorded courses because I do have a free class. It's MNT Part One, and I'll link it um, below in the live, and I'll also put it in the show notes too. And this is a really great, it's abbreviated because now there's full lectures on them, but diabetes is included in there. So it gives you a brief review of diabetes. You can always get the full length lecture if that's a trouble area for you, but that's a great one where it goes over insulin too. So definitely take a look at that one too. Thanks for tuning in for this week's practice question review. Don't forget that we are doing these live on my Facebook page, Registered Dietitian Exam Tutoring with Dana RD, every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and I would love to have you join live. You can also head to my website, danajfnutrition.com, to find out about the latest classes as well as study tips and services. Thanks for tuning in.